Hello and welcome to the only podcast that's all about Fort Meade, our community, and life in the military. I'm your host, Joe Nieves. And I'm your co-host, Sherry Kuiper, and you're listening to Fort Meade Declassified. Hey, you're not Joe. Um, no, this is Ben. Hi, Ben. Hey, how's it going, Sherry? It's going well. For all of our listeners out there, um, Joe is on leave, so now we have Ben. Ben, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, Fort Meade community. My name is Ben Rogers. I'm new to the public affairs team. Not new to Fort Meade, but new to the public affairs team. And I'm happy to be joining Sherry for uh, this month's podcast. That's right. And we're going to talk about some really awesome uh, stuff this month. But uh, first, I want to know, Ben, how, how was your holiday? I had a very quiet, calm, relaxing holiday. Uh, my wife and I just stayed home. Uh, we re, re uh, observed CDC guidelines and, and uh, stayed safe. And we had a really good time. Yeah. How about I, you, Sherry? Same. Um, just quiet and at home kind of thing. But yeah, it was good and it was quiet. Do you watch any movies? Yes, it is uh, kind of a family tradition to watch a right? new premiere on Christmas yes. Day. Uh, and this year, different than years before, because of the pandemic, uh, HBO has been releasing uh, premiere movies. So what did re- what released? The new Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. <laughs> I had such high hopes for this movie. I was going oh, yeah. into it because the first one was phenomenal. I enjoyed it as well. Yeah. The first one was great. What did you think of Wonder Woman 1984? Uh, I had really high hopes too. And I'm sure by the time this podcast released, a lot of people have seen it and have their own opinions. No spoilers, but I was severely let down. Ultimately. Yeah. So many questions. And <laughs> I mean, the beginning, opening scene where the lesson was you shouldn't be cheating. I have no right. idea what that had to do with anything else in the movie. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I want to know why the bad guy gets to go live as happily ever after life. <laughs> right? Like, literally in other movies, like, the bad guy, you see him, he gets locked up or killed or whatever, and this this dude's like, eh, sorry. Yeah, totally, and... Uh, like the beginning of the movie, I, I did start to get excited because I love a good origin story. And it really felt like that's kind of what they were started to build on, even though they'd, they'd done it before. But with the opening scene, her as a child uh, and, and laying down this, you know, good lesson for life lesson. And it didn't seem to really reinforce anything later in the film, did it? No, it didn't. And... Ugh. All right, so we've concluded that ww84 was (laughs) a bit of a letdown it's still fun to watch a premiere uh on christmas but it could have been more fun yeah to reinforce that happy christmas day or to to make up for not seeing as much family as usual or something you know right so i had to watch a second movie to make up for wonder woman Uh, did you did you watch anything else i mean i had to we had to redeem that viewing for sure (laughs) (laughs) what did you watch I actually watched a bit of an older movie that I'd never watched. Well, older. It's not like decades old, but um, that I hadn't gotten around to. Birds of Prey. Oh, uh, the Harley still Quinn in the movie. the DC Universe. Still. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was so good. And it was hysterical wow. and funny. And uh, I was much more into it than Wonder Woman. 
I watched, it came out uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, but I finally watched the new Christopher Nolan film, uh, Tenet. Which yes, is I've heard about this. Really incredible. Um, if you don't know Christopher Nolan, he's wrote uh, and directed a lot of uh, popular films in the in recent years. Uh, mind-bending films like Inception. Yeah. And uh, Interstellar. Um, just films that really make you think so not only is it just creative and 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 the ideas and plots but it's the cinematography cinema the cinematography is really well done (laughs) the acting the scripting i mean so ben and sherry's movie review thumbs down for wonder woman thumbs up for tenant and birds of prey yes absolutely very good (laughs) (laughs) you know what else should get a thumbs up right now what's that Taking care of your mental health. Absolutely, Ben. I mean, right? Yes, especially this time of year, which is notoriously dark and dreary. But mm. now, guess what? We have COVID, which makes it worse. Even a little COVID. more dark and dreary. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. And in the holidays too. I mean, I don't know about you, Ben, but usually, um, my mom has this big Christmas dinner. I go back to Pennsylvania. And I couldn't do any of that this year. And on top of that, she got COVID and was quarantined over Christmas. Oh my, really? That's terrible. Well, yeah. I hope she's okay, ultimately. Oh, she's, she's, she's fine now. She recovered well. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's like, you know, you're supposed to be happy, but yeah. you're not. <laughs> yeah, it's been a difficult time of year, uh, traditionally speaking. And yeah, you add the pandemic on top of this and it's, it's a whole other concoction of emotions. Yeah, so I have family that's nearby myself here in Maryland, and I even chose not to go see them just to be, you know, safe and cautious. And it's been a, it's been a bit of a struggle. You know, and that's why I think, Ben, too, why we've decided that for the month of January here in Fort Meade Declassified, we are going to focus on mental health. I'll admit there was times I was just not feeling it this time of year. You know, yeah. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm with you. There was definitely moments that, uh, that were harder than others. And uh, so I'm glad that we're focusing on mental health this, uh, this month. Uh, it's an important topic and that I think a lot of people can benefit. In this episode, we are talking with our friends from Howard County who are here to help. So we'll be talking to Paul Rivers, John Way, and Topaz Navarro. They're all facilitators and they're veterans. And they're with us from the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or NAMI, Howard County Veteran Support Group to talk about this amazing and free resource to make sure that you're taking care of your mental health. Excellent. We are going to kick off this interview with Paul Rivers. Paul, tell us a little bit about why Howard County started this group. Well, um, my I'm, I'm on the, um, Veterans Commission. And as soon as I got on the Veterans Commission, I made it my mission to uh, attempt to uh, start a veteran support group. Um, I went out and I pushed for some training where I met John and Topaz. And together we took the training as facilitators. And then we got with um, NAMI. And NAMI said they would take the lead on it. And we were able to put together what we believe is a solid uh, program to support our veterans uh, in the area 
uh, and um, to be able to give them somewhere to come and release um, or communicate with us and be able to communicate with us um, knowing that they're not alone. You know, I suffer from PTSD and I know other veterans do. And for a long time, we kept that to ourselves. And, and that's where I come in and feel like I start help start this program. Yeah, and, and then if I can jump in there for a second, um, this is Tobias speaking. So for those people that aren't familiar, NAMI is the National Alliance of Mental Illness, and uh, they're the nation's largest grassroots organization, uh, mental health organization dedicated to building better lives for those uh, living with mental illness. Um, and really the veteran support group is just the next in a, in a series of support groups that they provide. So once again, for those people that don't know, they provide a parent support group for parents living with uh, school-age children with mental health, uh, mental illness, a support group for adults living with mental illness, a support group for family members living with mental illness, and now we're the next. So we're the veterans uh, mental health peer support group. However, I caveat that with, um, you do not need to be diagnosed with a mental illness to join this group. It is designed for veterans, but you do not need to be diagnosed as, as ill, injured, or wounded. Um, that's one of the reasons why I joined, because we know whether it's the stigma associated, whether it's denial, or whether it's the VA system being slow and you haven't received your rating, people still need help. So even if you, you don't feel like you're on the edge, I know Benjamin, we talked about this. I'm sorry, Ben, we talked about this on the lead in, um, but being around a group like John and Paul, you'll say, you may come to the realization, hey, I deal with that as well. And then you'll feel welcome to the group. You'll feel like you want to open and the support system's there. So those are all points I want to make sure that people clearly understand. And um, for more information, it's NAMIHowardCounty.org as we go get deeper dive into this uh, conversation. I'd like to add to that, Topaz, that uh, NAMI also offers a course called Homefront. And this helps the family members better understand what veterans or active duty is going, you know, or they're going through. Uh, but NAMI is just, they have so many wonderful programs. We're very, very lucky to be part of that. One thing that we, that, that I really, really enjoy about this group as well is um, our experience ranges probably 40 years now, I think. I have to do the math for somebody. I don't want to mention who, but I got to do the math for somebody. So it's like 40 yeah. plus years. And no matter when you served, you will find that, that, that we have a unique blend of, of background and vernacular and experience and, and everyone will feel welcome to this group. John, uh, I've got a question for you. Um, sure. who, who leads this group and um, getting at the fact that this is completely run by veterans, right? It's, it's, you know, the credibility that we have because we're real veterans, real guys, and we're not there to diagnose anybody. You know, we are there to support them uh, give them guidance, help them understand that it's okay to have depression. We want to help them understand that they can shatter their own stigmas and, and deal with PTSD. It's not, it's, you know, when they're in that lab code environment or doctor environment, they're intimidated. They are fearful for their careers. They may not feel like they're going to get the true understanding that a veteran would give them. So just being regular guys, it's, it's a, it goes a long way. Yeah, and, and I'd like to add like um, to what John was saying is 
uh, we talk about time, right? So we have, I don't know, maybe 80, 80 years combined of active duty service, including you know, special operations experience, numerous combat tours. Uh, we've seen, we've experienced, we've overcome high stress, traumatic events on the battlefield and then back here at home. So when we, when we say we're not counselors, doctors or social workers, the key is we're teammates, we're survivors and we're consumers. So we have the shared experience that, that we wanna bring out and help support one another. For veterans talking to veterans, we're not judging, we're giving them a chance to express themselves without judgment. And sometimes that's all a veteran needs is to be able to come out and express himself or herself because it's not just males, it's females too. So it's giving them opportunities to release that stress. And sometimes all you need is the opportunity to talk and somebody to listen and not be judgmental on what's going on with you. And that alone can help you release the stress because when you're in a unit and you're in the military, you have guys around you and gals around you that you talk to all the time and they understand the stress that you're going through. So when you leave, you're by yourself. You wake up one morning, you're alone, you have no unit, your family doesn't understand. We wanna give the veterans a chance to talk to veterans who are in their same shoes, who you know, drank the same water, you know, who, who've gone through the same situations. So we wanna give them that opportunity to release that stress without being judged. And you all, I mean, I understand none of you are, are, you know, clinically certified, but your organization, you guys do do some training uh, for the process, correct? That you'd mentioned through NAMI? Uh, and also, John, John, um, so we do facilitator training, yes, through NAMI. And then John, I'll let you speak about uh, mental health first aid. Um, and, and really, we have a suite of other uh, resources and training that we've been through. So uh, we've done leap, leap listening, which is a... a a method of communicating with someone who's going through a, a, a uh, an event. Uh, we have, I mean, there's so many trainings that we've been through. I'd, I'd be here for probably a couple hours trying to describe them all. But John, I'll let you talk about uh, mental health first aid. Thanks, Topaz. Uh, one of the, the key trainings, it's really kind of a life hack, is mental health first aid training. And what this training is, is teaches you how to be a first responder to somebody in a mental health crisis or substance use crisis. A lot of times a veteran may find yourself experiencing a, a real low point and they don't know how to navigate that on their own. And they may not be able to get to a healthcare professional or even call somebody. But what happens is that the person closest to them, if they possess these skills to be able to identify the signs and symptoms of their veteran uh, going through PTSD, they know how to respond. You know, we teach a five-step action plan where people know how to, you know, work through this situation with the person. We help people understand, you know, how to navigate a panic attack. And, you know, there's not much difference between a panic attack and a heart attack, but it, you won't know the difference until you're in it. But, you know, the first thing is we teach you is how to respond to that. Um, this mental health first aid training, not only do you learn to help others, but eventually, it's just like any other form of training, you can learn to help yourself because you shatter your own stigmas, you recognize your points that need you know, addressed, and it gives you the tools to unlock things that you didn't know that were locked. The mental first aid training, if anything else like that, will build resilience and, and keep today's soldier, veteran, you know, on point with things. And I just wanted to jump in real quick too, John, because we were talking before uh, we started the interview that 
Fort Meade, we were going to bring this program to Fort Meade, but then this little thing called a pandemic came and just turned everybody's world upside down. So just for the folks out there at Fort Meade know that, you know, we are taking this seriously, even oh, yeah. as a fort, as a military installation. And we hope that we hope that there's a light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccines coming out and that we can get you back on post soon to do this because this is this is really important work. And, you know, I think um, for some folks like me, I'm not a veteran, but I'm surrounded by active duty military and veterans in my own personal life and at work um, just to have the ability to see, see and know what certain things are going down. Whereas any other day I'm like, oh, they might just be having a bad day when in reality it could be this more serious issue. So I think equipping those of us who are not part of the veteran community or active military community in that sense too, that's very empower empowering and impactful as well, especially to the families. Right, I like, you know, we're excited. We've been working really hard. I'm, I, my personal goal is to get this training available virtually, you know, in January. Uh, this course was never designed to be taught virtually, but we have worked really hard on that. And I have a team of instructors and we're going to be able to deliver this virtually. And at that point, it's it can be done. But in-person training is where you're able to really have that impact. But the training virtual or in-person is, is going to be a key to resilience. Well, we'll take virtual for now and then hopefully we'll see you in person very soon. Right. Hi, Mr. Uh, Navarro Topaz, I have a question for you. Um, we're we're kind of touching on this already. We're talking a lot of mental health, but just to go a little bit further, um, people dealing with what sort of issues should be coming to this group? Uh, I think anyone. I think anyone should come, um, to be honest with you, because um, like I know we discussed it uh, a little bit ago, but um, you know, the whole stigma piece. Uh, the whole, I'll use the word denial for lack of better words, the, uh, the whole, I haven't been diagnosed. Anyone that needs a support group, you know, should come out, especially now that it's virtual. You can, you can do it from home. You can do it from, from the corner of your office if that's the time that you're, that you're there working. Um, but um, ultimately, I say anyone, but those who, who are diagnosed with uh, mental health uh, or mental illness, uh, mental health challenge um, are more than welcome and, and should join us. Um, we talk about really age is, is, is not a limit, right? We, we, every age group, every combat arena, um, any type of experience. So we, we, welcome, we welcome everyone. And something else we're looking at is that um, you also have to take into account that even ones who have not been in a combat arena may also be, a, be a welcome to our group because there are all kinds of stressors out there that um, may set a veteran off. Um, it could be family issues. It could be uh, children issues. It could be anything. And what we want to do is give them an opportunity to come out and be able to, to talk about things and be able to release that because the worst thing you can do is build up inside and then explode on somebody one day and it's been coming for a long time. So giving them a release point just to talk and being able to, to um, release it so that we may be able to look. And we want to have, we have somebody, we probably will have people on standby uh, in case it gets um, a little too much for us to handle. Um, you know, we have grassroots here, which we took the training. John and I took the training with grassroots on assist to identify uh, somebody who was really at that edge where they needed the more advanced help than us. 
So we're not going to leave them out there floundering. Um, if we see something that we can't um, um, or we feel is out of our control, we know where to send them to the next to the next level. And, and that's what we want to get out to everybody because it's important that you know they come out and start talking because you never know what's going on until you hear it from somebody, especially a veteran. You make a, you make a really good point there, you guys, that uh, you don't necessarily have to have gone to combat to, to start exhibiting those kinds of issues, mental health issues. Um, and I, I mean, just taking it a step further, I feel like the stigma behind uh, PTSD is usually reserved for combat arms individuals. And we all, you know, know that that's not the case, especially these days is, you know, you don't have to be 11 Bravo infantrymen to, to be on the front lines or to be close to it in the theater and still have the same stressors and issues that uh, uh, the gun bunnies have, if you will, you know, and, and, right. uh, you know, putting that toward folks that even didn't go downrange, you're staying in garrison and, and helping support a unit getting ready to go downrange, it has its own stressors because you know you're you're there to support other people's lives in the long run. So yeah, yeah. I'd like to add that you know the suicide rate is actually higher among non-combat veterans than it is among combat veterans, which everybody thinks is going to be the other way around. Um, right. You know, suicide is is unacceptable right now. The rate of suicide on any base or in any branch is is terrible. Domestic violence is on the rise. You know, again, when we help you give a, you know, a place to go and just talk about things, there's any one of us who can hand them off to the right resources between the three of us. And you, you guys are hitting on something really important. I just want to bring it back to, to Fort Meade here. And, and Paul, you said this when, and Ben echoed it. You know, our folks at Fort Meade are sitting in buildings around the installation, our very small five square miles full of 62,000 people. And they're sitting at computers, literally conducting our missions today. It's not the same as being in a combat zone, but they are in this little box. They can't even talk to the person down the hall. You know, if I get bored, I can go bug Ben all day and talk about why I'm so annoyed and Ben can come and do the same. But our folks at Fort Meade can't necessarily do that. And then I'd also love to hear your thoughts on too, because unlike when, like when my husband's deployed, He's with his unit, he's with his, his people, and they have that built-in support group. But here on Fort Meade, I feel like you're sitting behind your computer all day, you're doing these missions that you can't talk about. And then you're going home to a honey-do list and a kid who needs homework and a wife who's mad because you forgot to grab the milk on your way home. And I think that's a different type of stress because when my husband's, when he's in Afghanistan, I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining to him about my everyday life and everyday things, he's just focused on that. And with that group, and I feel like our folks at Fort Meade, they're kind of torn apart. They have to be in that one environment for eight hours a day, but then they have to be in another completely different environment. And they don't get that decompression time that service members do when they come in and out of, of a war zone. And so I think, you know, what, what you said, Paul, is perfect, that you don't have to be a combat veteran for these kind of groups. Like, you know, people at Fort Meade are doing hard stuff all day, every day, and then going home and dealing with hard stuff too. I, I agree. And there's one other thing that you got to mention too, is that a lot of women are going through stressors in the military that are not combat related, but there are other relations. So, you know, they are also welcome to come in and talk with us and, and release because nowadays 
there are so many things that are setting the veterans off in different directions. And what you're talking about, uh, sitting in a room, watching things happen, and not being able to expel that to anybody else can, can cause you to, to blow. And then you have the nurses and the doctors who are seeing the carnage coming in from, you know, from the war zone. They're not in the zone, but they're seeing it. And sometimes it's like the, the people are going through the COVID-19 right now. They're, they're stressed. They don't know how to release it. They're, um, they're bringing it home. Their families don't understand it because they're not there. So giving them an opportunity to come out and talk to veterans who will not judge them, who will not knock them down, who can give them a direction, who can um, maybe have a group give them direction because as a group, we're stronger. We're like a hand. A finger, we're individual, we're a little strong, but we're weak. But when you make a fist, you're strong. So if you look at it like that, we're like a hand. We're to help you up and we're to push you forward and we're to keep you moving on. And that's how I feel about it. I, I think that's, that's a great way to look at it, Paul. And when, so we've established that any veteran can come to this group, men, women, those in combat zones, those in, not in the traditional combat zones. So I come to the group, I show up, Paul, what happens? What do I have to do? Am I going, am I, can I be a fly on the wall or am I gonna be expected to start talking? How does it look? Well, when you come to the group, um, you know, we have a layout the way Nominee lays it out. We have an agenda. We have a group guidelines. Um, we give you a couple of minutes to introduce yourself. And then we leave it up to you to, um, Chime in, we'll ask if you want to say something. And if you don't, we can sit there and just listen. Um, but it's a group, it's a group affair because you know we have to um respect each other and respect um what's going on and how things are going. And my thought is, uh, and the training is, is that when they come in, um, they'll sign in, they'll, you know, and only sign in is so that we can keep a track on the people who come in. And uh, because we're doing virtual. I think I'm gonna let Topaz take the virtual part because he's better equipped with that. So I'll let him handle what we're gonna do on virtual. But the, the general census is it's a group thing um, and we give them an opportunity. Topaz, you wanna talk about the virtual? Yeah, yeah, sure, thank you. Really quickly though, um, so one key piece that, that Paul mentioned and we would like to emphasize is that we're facilitators. So we're not, we're not giving treatment, we're not, you know, giving you, hey, this is what you need to do to move forward. We facilitate the discussion amongst the group. So the discussion is group dialogue and group discussion to help us all move forward together. So we just like to emphasize that as well. So someone doesn't um, have the impression that, that they're going to walk out there from with some information from myself, Paul or John, that's going to say, hey, I'm doing this now, tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Um, but um, to uh, speak about the um, operations during COVID. So right now we are doing everything virtually. Um, people can sign up on Eventbrite. So by going to uh, Eventbrite Howard County, you will find all of the peer support groups for NAMI Howard County. So you may see something on there that interests you that you didn't actually realize um, existed. So if you pick the veteran support group, you can easily select a date. And we have up to 15 people can sign up per uh, support group we're the first monday of every month and um, it's open to uh, anyone over 18 years of age um, the key piece here is like we're 6 to 7 30 admission closes at 6 10. so for military people it's not 
too difficult to say, okay, mission closes at 610. I got to be in there because once we get the group moving, we can't stop to let someone in to move backwards and to retrace kind of where we've been. So um, that's another key piece. But yep, up to 15 right now and um, first Monday of every month. I'd like to add that we also have a, I think I'm correct in this, Topaz, is we have a female facilitator as well, a veteran, right? Lizelle Wood? Um, yes, that, that would be correct. We do. Yep. yep. And, and, and of course, you know, as John mentioned that, we're looking for additional facilitators. So if you yep. feel that you're interested in not only attending the support group, but working your way up to be a facilitator and helping to facilitate these events, we'd love to have you. We, we can um, ensure that there is training lined up in the future and we'll take as many people that are interested in supporting this effort. Great, um, thank you. So we know you guys, uh, you're located in Howard County and you have plans to go virtual. Um, so is this open to only Howard County residents or who can attend? Anybody can attend. It's open to any veteran, active duty. It, you know, it doesn't matter. Howard County, we just happen to bring it to our county because there's a need for it. No, all I would add is that um, we look forward to hearing from you guys. We look forward to talking to you. Um, you can come out and talk with us without being judged. That was pretty, pretty awesome. So Ben, you're a veteran. I'm yeah. not. I want to know what you think about after taking all that interview in and listening to all the things that they were saying, what do you think? Well, that was great. I mean, my biggest impression is that these are individuals that are that are really, you know, they, they really are interested in um, helping other people, uh, you know, through not just their own selfless service, you know, acts of selfless service, but because they suffer from some of the similar issues and they they personally know uh, the struggles and and uh, you can't do it alone. And it takes you know, it takes a village and these folks are, are the ones taking initiative to, to create a village and to create an atmosphere and a place for people to come and, and work out their issues. Yeah, I'm going to get deep. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. All right. Would you go to this group? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. After our discussion today and, and just seeing kind of how open and accepting they are and, and that the parameters of what, you know, where they're trying to, who they're trying to reach and help. Um, you know, it's a, just a really big, wide open door, and uh, I felt welcomed, and, and uh, I think I will absolutely get involved. Um, you know, personally, I've, I've dealt with mental health issues um, for many years, and a lot of that felt like kind of a solo mission, and it's really not a solo mission. There's, right. there's so many of us out there, and the more we get to talk to each other and come together, um, that healing process can begin. So it's just an amazing resource, and I just really hope our folks at Fort Meade take advantage of it. I know I sure will be. Mary Doyle here from the Fort Meade Public Affairs Office. How are you dealing with the stress of COVID? I asked around the garrison and found some people are still seriously stressed, while others are finding creative outlets. Check out my story, Fort Meade Employees Fight Isolation Stress, on Digital Meade, that's it for today's episode of Fort Meade Declassified. Connect with us on Digital Meade, the garrison's new home for news and events. You can find it on our website at home.army.mil forward slash Meade, where you can also find up-to-date information on COVID-19.